0: The family is the fundamental building block of civilization. God has given the charge to parents to train up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And there are immense blessings to be had in being raised in a godly home with godly parents. For one, children grow up hearing the life-giving doctrine of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The godly parent instructs his children in the sacred writings which are able to make one wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. There's also the blessing of discipline. The godly parent who loves his child is diligent to discipline him. He does not spare the rod because he loves his son. Then there's also the wisdom, the counsel, the instruction, and even the friendship of godly parents who talk with their children and raise them in a home characterized by love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, and self-control. All these things are invaluable blessings to children. But there is another blessing that falls upon children under the care of godly parents, and that is the intercession of their parents, the prayers of their parents before God. We look this morning then at the godly example of Job, a man who was blameless and upright, a man who feared God, turned away from evil, a man who feared God and turned away from evil. We look at the example of his prayers, his intercession for his children. And our text this morning is Job chapter 1, verse 5, where the word of the Lord says this. And when the days of the feast had run their course, Job would send and consecrate them, And he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. Thus Job did continually. So we will look first at the doctrine of this text in three parts, and then we will make application. So there are three parts of doctrine. Job's priority in praying for his children, Job's purpose in praying for his children, and Job's practice of praying for his children. So his priority, his purpose, and his practice. Number one, Job's priority in praying for his children. So let us consider Job's priority. In our society, children are viewed as a nuisance by many. The wisdom of the world embodied by organizations such as Planned Parenthood tells us that children will only drag us down. They will take our time, our money, and our energy. Now, the Bible tells us something very different about children. Children are a blessing from the Lord, we read in Psalm 127. Even so, many professing Christians... Even uh, husbands in particular, fathers in particular, have unwittingly adopted aspects of the worldly view, which views children as a burden or a nuisance. Even though we may never say such a thing about our children, do our actions demonstrate just how precious they are to us? Do we think that having too many children would be a burden? Do we view our children as secondary to our work? or for those involved in ministry, secondary to the work of Christian ministry. Job's priorities, however, offer a corrective for us. His priorities were right. He had his priorities straight. He was a man with many possessions, many business ventures, much that competed for his attention. Look a few verses earlier in verse 2 of Job chapter 1, where it says that Job possessed 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and very many servants. This was a busy man who had much to manage, much to oversee. However, Job understood that his children were among his greatest blessings. And our attention in this text, in verse 5, is drawn to his concern not for his business ventures but for the spiritual well-being of his children. That is what our attention is drawn to in verse 5. Now it's interesting, as you look at the book of Job, in the first chapter of Job, we see Job's blessings listed for him. All, his, all that he had, all the livestock, all the servants. And then the last thing that's listed, uh, or excuse me, the first thing in Job is his children. The first thing that's listed are his children as the greatest blessings he has. There were born to him seven sons and three daughters, and then all his other blessings are listed. But then when you get to the very end of Job, when God has restored Job, because he lost everything, he lost all his possessions, and he lost his children, which was, of course, the the hardest blow to Job was losing his children, greater than losing his, his livestock and his business, was to lose his children. But then at the end of Job, when everything is restored to him, the children are listed last when his blessings are numbered. They are primary in chapter 1, and then at the end, they represent the fullness of the restoration that he has received from God's hand, being listed last among what God has restored to him. So his children are his top blessings on this earth. The priority of his children's spiritual well-being is demonstrated in Job's concerted efforts to intercede on their behalf. And Job, as we note in verse 2, it says he had seven sons and three daughters. Job did not simply have one or two children to shepherd. He had ten. He had ten children that he had to shepherd and pray for. With more privilege comes more responsibility. And the general pattern of Christian homes should be to embrace the blessing of many children. Many Christians in our day have have gotten away from this. In the past, throughout Christendom, throughout church history, it was a great blessing to be blessed with many children. In our day, we've bought into the mindset of secularism and humanism and the modern culture that we only want to have one, two children. But Christians should, in general, embrace the blessings of many children. And when God does open the womb and give a family many children, the necessity for grace in the home increases. The early Christian writer Cyprian Who lived in the third century said this He said, In the spiritual and heavenly life, the larger the number of children you have, the greater ought to be the outlay of your labors. He said, The larger number of children you have, the greater ought to be the outlay of your labors. In other words, the bigger the family, the greater the father and the mother ought to labor in prayer and in other spiritual duties. For their family. The more children you have. The more responsibility you have. To shepherd and pray. And labor for your children. And that's certainly a challenge. And it is a challenge to me. As we now have a fifth child in the home. With more privilege. More blessing. Comes more responsibility. And Christians should embrace that challenge. And rely upon God's spirit. To empower us. To train up our children. So Job, as we see in verse 5, it says, When the days of the feast had run their course, and these were the banquets that his children had, uh, like perhaps banquets on each one of their birthdays. But after um, these banquets were ended, Job would send and consecrate them. He would set them apart. He would seek to purify them. He would be taking his children, likely inviting them to his house, praying over them, offering sacrifices for the spiritual well-being of his children. And Cyprian continues, he said this: "Since there cannot daily fail to be sins committed in the sight of God, there lack not daily sacrifices wherewith the sins might be cleansed away. As a godly father, as a godly father, Job was keenly aware that his children stood in need of forgiveness of sin. So one of Job's top priorities in life was to intercede for his children. That is our first head of doctrine. His children were a priority to him. But mainly, as we'll see next, not simply his children in general, but their spiritual their spiritual well being. So now, after considering Job's priority being his children, we turn now to his purpose in praying for his children. Job's purpose in praying for his children. The text tells us that one of Job's main concerns regarding his children was their obedience to God's law word. Look again at verse 5 where it says, He would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my children have sinned. It may be that my children have sinned. You see, Job was not primarily concerned with his children's popularity, their material prosperity, or even their physical health, but he was primarily concerned for the state of their soul. He was concerned about the fact that they may have transgressed God's law. It is often not a difficult thing to get parents to be concerned for their kids, all right, parents want their kids to be successful. They want to make sure they go to the right college. But many times this concern is simply limited to those material or temporal things. These are not bad things, but, the, but not the main purpose of Job's prayers. Job was focused on his children's obedience to God's law word. Now sin, as Job was concerned that his children had sinned, Sin is an erring, a straying from the mark, and the mark is always obedience to God's law. So Job, even though he likely lived prior to Moses, potentially lived prior to Moses, prior to the giving of the law, he understood the moral law of God, which was given to Adam in the garden. The moral law of God has never changed, and God has always held all people accountable to the same law. Job As a godly father, was focused on his children's relationship to God and God's law. You see, we cannot have a relationship to God without law. It's impossible. The law defines and shapes how we relate to God. It keeps us from danger and keeps us walking close with God. And that was Job's concern for his children. The law does not justify sinners. It's true. The law cannot do that. But... The law is essential to our relationship with God. A relationship with God without law is like a marriage without vows. There's no structure. There's no guardrails to that relationship. And as we looked at a few weeks ago in Proverbs, it says, The one who keeps the law is a son with understanding. So Job was concerned for his children's obedience to God's law. Now, Job interceded for his children, because he had this proper conception of the goodness of God's, God's law and the sinfulness of sin. Job's primary focus in his intercession was that God would be merciful and forgive his children's sin. The burnt offering that we read here that he would offer these burnt offerings according to the number of them. The burnt offering was generally offered for unintentional sin as we read um, in, in the Bible but also represented atonement for human sin in general. And even if we know before the the law was given through Moses in a very specific way, there were was the practice of burnt offerings being offered up to God. Read the book of Genesis; uh, offerings are made. Abraham, Noah. So the idea of giving burnt offerings to God was something that was instilled in man before Moses even came along. So Job was focused on his children's sin being forgiven. He was focused on their obedience to God's law word, and his purpose in praying was to secure God's forgiveness for his children's sin. So it wasn't just a vague prayer, God bless my children, God help them to be successful. It was directly focused on his children's relationship to God and God's law. That was his purpose in praying. The third head of doctrine is Job's practice of praying for his children. Job's practice. Briefly, let's note a few things about his practice. Number one, it says, the beginning of verse five, or excuse me, it says that after the days of feast had run their course, Job would send and consecrate them and he would rise early in the morning. <clears throat> now, I think generally the time of the day is less important than the intentionality of the practice. Often in scriptures, we will see though people rise early to pray or offer sacrifices but what is clear is that this was a burden to Job. He could not simply let it pass. It was not something that he would say, well, I'll get to it when I get to it. It was something that he did with intentionality. He rose early in the morning to intercede for his children. That's the first thing we note about his practice. Second, he prayed for each of his children. There's a phrase in the text. It says, according to the number of them all, according to the number of them all. He prayed for each of his children. He didn't just pray for his children in general, but according to the number of them. It's for each one of them. This is a picture of Christ who intercedes for us by name. Isaiah forty nine sixteen says, Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Jesus intercedes for his sheep by name. He knows his sheep. He calls his sheep and he intercedes for his sheep by name. The truth of this intercession of Christ inspired the words of the hymn which was originally entitled The Advocate in 1863, And that hymn included these words. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands, my name is written on his heart I know that while in heaven he stands no tongue can bid me thence depart Job here interceding for his children by name is a picture of Christ who prays who intercedes for each one of his children by name Christ intercedes for all of God's children by name Job is a picture of Christ he prayed for his children Individually, specifically. And third, the third thing we see from Job's practice is that he did this continually. Job did so continually. It says at the end of the verse, thus Job did continually. Job made it a habit to intercede for his children. Despite all the goings on around him, Job set a pattern to pray for his children. It was not a random one-off thing that he did. He did so continually, the Bible says. So his practice, it was intentional, it was specific, and it was habitual. It was intentional, he rose up early, he, he, he did this with intent. It was specific, he prayed for each of his children, and it was habitual, he did so continually. Having considered the doctrine of this text, let us now turn to application. What application can we make from the Word of God in Job chapter 1 verse 5, Job's intercession for his children to our own lives. Number one, the first application we can make is that in our prayers for our children, we need to keep our priorities straight. We need to keep our priorities straight in our prayers for our children and in general in our parenting of our children overall. So the most important thing is not that your children get good grades or have perfect health, or have a great career. That's not the most important thing you should be praying for. That's not the most important thing you should be focused on in your parenting. Now, I'm not saying there's no importance in those things, but that's not the priority. The most important thing is their obedience to God and God's Word. This obedience ultimately must come from God's Spirit, which causes us to pray diligently for our children's salvation, which will lead to holy living and obedience from the heart. So our priority as parents, in our prayers for our children and in our parenting, must be focused on their relationship to God's word, to God's law. That is a priority. Not how successful they become, not um, how healthy they are. We There's a proper place for those things, but that's not our primary focus. Our primary focus is on their relationship To God, and you cannot have a relationship to God without having God's law. That is what directs us and guides us in how we relate to God. How are we to conduct ourselves? How are we to behave? So that's the first application. Keep your priorities straight, as Job did. Job interceded for his children and prayed for them in relation to their sin and their relationship to God and God's Word. Number two, we must understand sin. We must understand that our children are not angels. Many Christian parents, I think perhaps due to a lack of theological teaching or lack of sound doctrine, seem to make the mistake of thinking that their children, since they are raised in a Christian home perhaps, stand less in need of forgiveness and grace because they're not as lost, quote-unquote, as children in the world. This is a misstep. The depravity of man is not lessened due to being born in a Christian home. The blessing of a Christian home, as I mentioned in the beginning, the blessings are great. But it is not that you are spared from inheriting Adam's sinful nature. That is not one of the blessings of being in a Christian home. No matter what home you're born into, we all inherit Adam's sinful nature. So parents must not make the mistake of thinking, well, my children aren't that bad in their heart. They don't stand in need of God's forgiveness and God's grace just as much as anyone else. Job understood this. Job didn't have, Job didn't have a rosy view of his children that they're not going to sin. They're not going to transgress God's law. They would never do something like that. Job knew that the sinful nature that we all inherit causes our children just as much as anyone else's children to stand in need of divine grace, to stand in need of of regeneration, to be born again, to be brought into the family of God. So we must understand sin and understand that our children are not angels and they stand in need of divine grace. Third point of application. We must know our children. We must know them individually if we are to pray for them specifically. See, Job interceded for each child individually. We should do the same in order to do this, we must invest time into each child in order to better know their needs. If we value our children, we will take time to invest in our children. Job was not content to simply offer a general prayer for all his children. He spent time praying for each child and that child's specific needs. You see, Job wasn't content to say, I'm going to offer up a general prayer for our, for my children. I'm just going to pray in general that God would would be merciful to them. He spent time praying for each child and that child's specific needs. Remember, if we are going to effectively pray for our children, we must also invest the time to know them. We need to spend time with our children. Too many parents are focused on other things, even seemingly good things, right? like their job or ministry or whatever, but they then neglect the spiritual needs of their kids. Fathers and mothers... If you have not already made it a practice to conduct family worship every day, you must do so. We must listen to our kids, seek to understand them, be patient, and try to draw out from them what they're thinking. Observe them, consider their struggles. If we do these things, we will have plenty to pray for. We'll have plenty to pray for. Number four, and the fourth and final point of application is that praying for our children should be the pattern of our lives rather than a sporadic thing. Job interceded continually for his kids, and it will take some effort to make it a habit to pray for your kids regularly, but they are worth it. There are a number of ways you could make it a practice to pray for your kids. One idea is to pick a day of the week and spend some time in focused prayer on one of your children for that day. If you're a grandparent, you can do the same with all your grandkids. So if you have four children, you could pick uh, you know, once, one day a month, one day a week, where you're specifically praying for that child. No doubt we should be praying for our children in general every day, during family worship and so forth, but it's valuable to set aside some specific time to pray for each individual child, as Job did. So those are our four points of application. That we should keep our priorities straight, we should understand sin, we should know our children individually, and we should pray as as a pattern of our lives, pray for our children. For Job, interceding for his children entailed offering sacrifices to God. Today, Christians no longer need to sacrifice grain or animals, these burnt offerings, because Christ was the final sacrifice for sin. We we do not need to make sacrifices. However, we are to still offer up our prayers to God through Christ on behalf of our children. The future of Christendom will be determined in large part by godly parents raising their children in the fear of the Lord and by godly parents interceding for and praying for their children. Through the gospel of Jesus Christ, God can use such prayers to bring about great blessing conversion in the home, and revival in society. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the example of Job, a man who feared you, Lord, who prayed for his children continually. I pray that you would use his example to encourage Christian parents to pray for their children, to pray that they would walk in conformity to your law, that you would be merciful to our children when they sin, that you'd be merciful to us when we sin, Lord even as it relates to parenting our children. With the great privilege and blessing of children come great responsibilities. Pray that you would enable Christian parents to do their duty with diligence according to your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.